Hi, my name is Rutendo Nyamoda and welcome to another phenomenal, exciting episode of In My 20s. In my 20s. So on today's episode, we speak to one of the most well-known beauty influencers on this continent, as well as the lady behind 7 Days 7 Faces. So if you don't already know who I'm talking about, you definitely need to do some research. But welcoming herself onto the In My 20s podcast and into the In My 20s family, here she is. Hi, my name is Foy. I'm a 20-something-year-old beauty and lifestyle content creator, social media freelancer, all-round hot girl, the multi-talent head. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> Now on every episode of the In My 20s podcast, my guests always come through with these incredible mind moments or gem moments, and this is just one of them. If you're trying to do a lot of things for other people, when you don't get that external validation, you'll often want to quit or you'll give in too easily. Because yeah, like if you don't get that affirmation that you were seeking, you will just get discouraged. And I find that I was doing it for myself because I needed to create in lockdown. I needed that sort of catharsis and makeup has kind of always been that that mode of expression for me. The In My 20s podcast is split up into 3 sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit more about Foyi's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about beauty. And finally, rounding up all 3 sections is a conversation on the all-consuming 20s journey. Let's get straight into it. So, Foyi, tell me a little bit about your background, your history. Where are you from and essentially how did you get to where you are today? Um, well, I am from many places and like I said I do many things, but I was I am Nigerian. I'm I'm of Nigerian descent. I was born in Zimbabwe and then my family immigrated to SA and I grew up in Johannesburg, did all my schooling there and I came down to Cape Town to university and I just haven't quite figured out how to leave yet. So that's that's where I'm at right now. Um Yeah, I've always had my one foot into the fashion and beauty industry, the other foot in school. So from there, I was a I was a blogger because you know that's what one does. We fashion blog, we take pictures in Brom, like we did all the things back in high school. Um and then I came to varsity. I went to UCT and I did a bachelor of business science um specializing in marketing management and I completed that in 2018. I did try my hand at the old corporate jiggle jaggle you know i got myself a old job or two and i was just like it's it's just not realistic it's just not for me you know and in about september last year i left the office and i started freelancing doing social media um management and copywriting and influencing beauty and lifestyle content creation and that's pretty much that's what I do now it's where I'm at and yeah we out here gang gang <laughs> wow wow so i must ask and it's very interesting there are a lot of people who i found come from a traditional kind of corporate um higher education learning if you will um but they have segued uh into this creative realm and industry what is it um about the creative space 
that like is very alluring or the reverse why corporate if you were going to land up here um i think you'll find that most people who ended up in creative spaces from corporate always wanted to be in creative spaces um they never really had the intention of corporate or corporate was just it was the safe option it was the good backup plan it was the sturdy backup plan um but like i said i've always had one foot in this industry one foot in school or at work you know so I, it was always a bit of a balancing act for me and then one day we just had to say we can't we can't balance anymore we need to pick a side <laughs> and then we chose but i think one of the allures of the creative industry is just definitely the freedom that you get the being in an office well speaking for myself personally but being in an office i found was quite constricting especially in terms of my time and if you are naturally creative or you are a multitasker or you are like in different parts at the same time that kind of environment just doesn't it doesn't grow you and if anything you feel a bit stifled in that environment so i think that's why a lot of people have started transitioning and even just in the covid times where we have to um work from home a lot of people have learned that that flexibility and that dynamism like that is like so powerful and being able to own and control your time is just it's super underrated mm, so true so true and tell me are you working full time and content creating or is the content creation beauty side your full time job hustle mission um it is it is the full time but I am a woman who does many things. <laughs> so we these are all side hustles. I have many side hustles. I will not say that there is a particular main hustle, but if there was, it would be the beauty influencing and content creation. But I do have other side hustles. I am a makeup artist, I am a writer, you know, a social media manager. So those are all little things that I also do at the same time. Um but then this is this is the public job. <laughs> this is the one people know <laughs> and then everything else happens in the mm. background. And you know we are in the middle of a pandemic still. We've had quite an intense year and the creative industry, I mean all industries have been impacted really um severely, but the creative industry as well, I find interesting enough is one of the industries that a lot of people are like well you know it could be a first to go kind of a thing um we've yeah. seen a lot of job losses across the different sectors um how has it impacted you especially for someone who is you know works for themselves whose hustle is there it's it's you yeah so it's all me all the time <laughs> um <laughs> i will say it it was definitely stressful to say the least um because a lot of my job well like the public facing job at the very least involves a lot of interaction with other people so it was definitely a very very scary time but the one thing that i do love about creative industries is that i find that they are much they're much easier to change they're much more adaptable they they're a bit more dynamic so when things when things change they changed quickly they had to adapt they had to pivot you know um and that pivoting allowed a lot of us to keep our jobs to grow our jobs to to a lot of people started their own businesses during this time and they've been able to grow them successfully yeah, yeah sure so very very interesting um and and kind of one thing that i'm actually quite interested to hear because i heard you speak about you know you being this very interactive engaging person um were you affected by the lockdown on an emotional perspective especially as a creative especially that level 5 where we were told you can't even leave the house 
Like, how was, how was that for you? I had flashbacks like it was a movie. No, the first few months of lockdown were incredibly difficult, were incredibly dark. Like, thank goodness I at least lived with my sister, so we had each other. But even beyond that, all day, every day, the same four walls. Like, I tried to push myself to create eventually because I knew that this was, this was something that wasn't actually going away, so we just had to adapt. Um, but I did give myself time to just, like, feel the emotional and mental brunt of it all. And it was a big brunt. Like, a lot was going on at the time. It was a very, like, hectic time physically, emotionally, mentally. So I did allow myself to just feel what I needed to feel, to take the time off, to be down, like, not to force positivity and to force creativity because it just wasn't happening. There was there was nothing there. There was nothing to force. So So clearly, like, you can't make... You can't pour from an empty cup. So I allowed myself to let my cup get slowly refilled. But this was a good test of my of my ability to keep things going because as difficult as things were for me, it's weird, but some people needed me to, to kind of perceive normality in order for them to perceive normality. If anything, this season has definitely bred uh, or kind of uh, improved a lot of people's resilience because I feel like no matter what comes next, I think we have a... We have a uh, society, a creative culture now built on resilience. You can take things and you're like, ah, oh, cool, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I was on lockdown it level it five. It is what it is. We we <laughs> All right, so switching gears into kind of the main discussion of today's uh, topic, and that is kind of like the beauty industry and the content industry. You are undoubtedly one of, um, you know, if people, if people ask like, ah, oh, name your favorite beauty, um, you know, YouTubers or people in the beauty space, like, you know, who, who's there? Like, you come up. It's like one of those oh. things. It's like a no, it's a no-brainer, it's a no-doubter. Um, <laughs> so I actually want to start with uh, kind of like understanding content because the one thing that you do incredibly and yes, one of the main things is on the beauty side, but you like, but you mentioned the likes of fashion and writing and there are a whole bunch of other pockets you're in. When it comes to creating as a whole, as a content mm. creator, um, what is your process? How do you process, especially when your mind is split? You're not just X. There are multiple things you do. What are, what are your processes? Um, well, I think the one thing that I do that I think a lot of people do as well is also just to define what content we're creating. So on these various platforms, different content lives at all the time. Like you can't always just copy and paste content across different platforms. So you need to understand firstly, which content will live on which platform and then like to kind of like subdivide that content onto that platform. So I know on YouTube, I first and foremost do beauty education. I do tutorials, I do reviews, I do get ready with memes. And then I also do lifestyle content. I do vlogs and I do some fashion content. So I know those are my content pillars and that is the type of content that I will create on YouTube. On Instagram, I know that it is primarily lifestyle and beauty. So they like to see where I'm eating, where I'm going, the places that I've been, what my face looks like, what products I'm using, tutorials, how to achieve a look, how to do lashes, things like that. Like the little bite-sized how-to tidbits, product unboxings and lifestyle come with me to everywhere. That's the type of content that lives on Instagram. Then on Twitter, Twitter is literally just where my brain vomits. Like <laughs> that's the only way that I can describe it. It is an amalgamation of everything. It is obviously, that is my biggest platform. And it, and it is that way because it is so unfiltered. That is the only platform that I feel like isn't so strictly defined. And that is by choice and by design because Twitter is my most authentic platform because I, I, I tweet my brain constantly. 
So once you once I've defined what goes where and how those will live on those platforms, the process kind of um, I plan into like what I want to teach, what value do I want to provide, what is the aim of what I want to achieve on each of these platforms. Yeah. And you know, the thing about, I mean, obviously I spend quite a bit of time with creatives, but even just listening to you now, I don't think people fully understand the creative hustle, but this is work. <laughs> this is work. But about the hustle and, and, and also what you said is there, there is a lot that goes into it. There are also different industries that filter into this creative industry. So there's the business savvy side, right? So needing to make sure that, you know, um, you're, making money, making a profit, how you're even talking yeah. about YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, the different, the different places, the different platforms, there's strategy behind that. And then even well, coming down to the legal side is, and, and it's something, there are two things that I wish more people would discuss with creatives earlier on, so we kind of yeah. don't get messed around, is one, yeah. the contract, the legal side, and yeah. then also just how to make money. So you're not living end to end for your rent, but you're actually building a brand, you're building a business. Um, are there things that on the legal side, particularly that you wish you had known earlier before you um, jumped in or that you wish someone had told you at least? Um, I think for the most part, I have been very lucky because uh, my degree was actually the perfect degree for me at the right time in my life. Um, it was a very well-rounded degree, the business science degree, especially in marketing. So I feel like I, I actually got a really holistic business mind from it i'm also an alan gray orvis fellow so like from my experience with the fellowship like i feel like i have a very holistic knowledge of all things business so i've been very lucky in that regard um so the one the big tip that i will give right now for fun and for free is that if you are sent a contract number one don't sign anything you don't understand so if you read it and you don't understand it send it back unsigned and ask lots of questions um you can also ask them to change things or you can change things in the contract. You can cross things out. You can reword things and just sign or initial next to what you've changed. If they accept the contract after you've done that, then it's legal, it's actionable, and it's done. Oh, I really, really love that and really appreciate that because I think it's so easy just to see the money's coming in and, you know, I'm finally yeah. getting paid to do this thing that I've been passionate about. Yeah, you don't about. see the T's and C's. You don't see the T's and C's. Yay, yay. But really, really, really good and sound advice as well. Thank you for that. Um, so tell me about, drumroll, Seven Days, Seven Faces. Because yes. if there are things that happen on my feed uh, that I really, really appreciate and enjoy at Seven Days, Seven Faces, uh, it's not something I can participate in because, like uh, I said to you, like, you are like, yes. not yet, not yet. I'm going to build up to it, right? But it's just so, it's so inspiring and so beautiful and such a interactive and engaging way to get people to step outside their comfort zones, but also just have mm. some fun. So tell me about Seven Days, fa Seven Faces. What was the idea behind it? Uh, yeah, what was the idea behind it? Yeah, so basically lockdown happened and it was lit. So at the beginning of lockdown, which was originally supposed to be 21 days, imagine only doing this for 21 days. That would have been hilarious. Um, so um, Kay Yams, Kay Ngonyama, she's another beauty influencer. She was like, okay, guys, we need to keep our spirits up for the 21 days. So let's do 21 beats for Kay. So every day, let's just get up. Let's do our makeup. Let's just feel good and feel pretty. And I was just like, I see you. I see you. But see, it's just not realistic right now. The way my mental health is set up, it's just not going to happen. So I watched that happen and I was like, that's so great. I want to do 
something like that. I need to get my creative juices flowing again. So I was just like, 21 days is just not realistic. So how about just, just seven? I can commit to seven. And I wanted to use that as an opportunity to once again get my creative juices flowing. So I was like, let me come up with some prompts. Let's make it a challenge. Let's let's make things interesting. And this is also makes it easier for other people to participate because they don't have to wake up and be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my face today? I've done soft glam for five days in a row. I can't do another soft glam look. <laughs> like I've already told you what to do. So now you just have to get up and do it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, this is this is grand. Let's do it. We've got seven days. We've got seven faces. Let's let's do it. And then it kind of just took off from there. So I got a few brands on board. I got House Wine and Essence Cosmetics. Shout out to them. They are literally like, they backed me. They believed in me. Like, and I'm so, so happy with the turnout. Like it literally, it was also a big deal. And that spread from Cape to Cairo in terms of timelines. Like everyone saw it and everyone just had fun with it. And people really committed. They got wigs. They got props. They got, oh, they were literally going all out and I was just like this is what I wanted to see it was really just the biggest most humbling and affirming time ever because I was like I did that <laughs> yeah I love that I did that and what what has been your favorite uh, face or top three? Oh, that is so difficult because there really have been so many amazing faces um across the challenges but there are literally two that stand out immediately in my mind or not even stand out but I just can recall um there was one I think her name is Rhea she did a recreation of a Rihanna look it was a Vogue cover so it was the one with the flowers where she had those thin eyebrows and like literally she redid the entire thing and it was like stunning it was absolutely perfect and then the next one was from this most recent challenge it was the music video challenge and this girl dressed up as Pop Smoke and I swear it was amazing. It was the most perfect thing I have ever seen in my life. Like she nailed it. Like she looked exactly like him. It was so like funny, but perfect. It like literally made my day. So those are the two looks that I can just recall because they were just so like amazing. But when I tell you that people showed up and showed out, like they were so, 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 so many incredible looks. Like just scroll through the hashtag one day on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. It also kind of blew up on TikTok, which was unintentional because I wasn't even really on the platform for most of the time. But like it blew up there as well. And like the people really did some incredible stuff. Wow, wow. And this speaks to the, the fact that, I mean, I think when we start things, oftentimes we think about the, yes, you need to think about the big picture, but you need to start small. If you had stepped you in and you were just like, day one, I'm going to have a billion people on this thing. I'm going to have so many sponsors. And then you have five, you would have been like, oh my gosh, like I'm a failure. Like this is not going to work yeah. out. Like, you know, etc." But there's something about consistency and there's something about passion yeah. and about drive that just keeps it going. What was your main, what was your propeller? What was the thing that just said to you, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Oh, it's growing. Let's do it again. Let's, what kept you going? Um, I think more than anything, I did it for myself. And I think that is probably one of the most key drivers because if you're trying to do a lot of things for other people, when you don't get that external validation, you'll often want to quit or you'll give in too easily. Because... Yeah, like if you don't get that affirmation that you were seeking, you will just get discouraged. And I find that I was doing it for myself because I needed to create in lockdown. I needed that sort of catharsis. And makeup has kind of always been that that mode of expression for me. Like so many people commented that this challenge actually helped their mental health because they needed something productive they needed to feel good about themselves they needed a focus and like an output and giving them seven tasks for seven days just to wake up do your face wake up do your face like 
that sort of like regiment in something that is so creative and exciting and dynamic like that really helps them with their mental health i really really love that and appreciate that especially on the mental health aspect like even getting to a point um in in lockdown where one and i've had many conversations with friends like this where it's just like you've been in your pajamas for so long and you haven't been wearing makeup for such a long time and you, you haven't know? been doing the things or going to a spa to pamper yourself um and it's kind of finding those little things taking a walk yeah. or even like indoor exercise that kind of stimulates you and as you've created puts you in in this community sense where you don't feel yeah. like you're alone digital communication and connections um and even exactly. through 7 days 7 faces um has such a positive impact no matter what the the means or the method is but has such a positive yeah. impact on one's mental health as well and it really was like such a positive impact because these were a bunch of people who were strangers they'd never seen each other they came from TLs away and they were just like you look so good and then like they were just commenting on each others they were just interacting with the hashtag so many people didn't even participate but they were like this is my favorite thing because i just get to see so much beauty happening Um so coming to uh, the kind of the third section of the podcast um and of the discussion is essentially the 20s journey. Um so I'm like obviously like nearing I mean by the time this episode is out I will be I will be pretty <laughs> but um turn 30. 30 I know it's hectic hectic but you know I will still be doing this until you know we get to 60 but I want to know from you how would you summarize your 20s journey? that's far. Um I think this chapter of my life is called like surrendering to faith because I feel like I was quite a precocious child, you know, one of those jack of all trades, master of most of them. What are you going to do with your life? You can do anything, go be a doctor, go be an engineer, go do accounting, you know. And then it's like, I don't want to do any of that. And I want to I want to be I want to tweet. I literally when I was 13, I said to my mom, I want I want to tweet for a living. Like that's what I want my job to be. And she was just like, girl. Um so once my five year plan ended when then I was in matric and then I was like okay my next five year plan we're going to be in varsity we're going to study we're going to do this and then when that ended I was just like what the hell are we going to do now and I was like okay the next responsible thing to do is to get a job so I got a job and then I was like I'm not happy in my job but what now like what is my next five year plan what is it going to look like will I get married will I have a baby will I stay in this industry will I move into a different industry will I study again will I quit well like i just had so many questions and it was like the first time in my life where i had so many questions and there was no like definitive or easy answer there was no like rational next step and that threw me for a complete loop so i had to sit for a long time and decide like okay this is actually my life i need to make decisions and i literally had like a m- encounter with god moment where he was just like You know what? You've been you've been creating content for a long time. You've been in this industry for a long time. You've been working. So just do it. Like just trust me and just go. Leave your job. Go. And I got you. And at the time, like when you look at my followings, like it really didn't make sense. Like I I should not have quit my job, but he was just like just go. So I was like, "All right." And I just left. And to see the growth even in just the past year and a half to see the amount of growth and like opportunities that have come from that like leap of faith that literal leap of faith has just been so incredible like 
I was someone who planned everything. And for the first time in my life, when I didn't have a plan, that's when such beautiful things happened. That's absolutely yeah. amazing. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. And I love how you started by saying, this chapter of my life has been called Surrendering to Faith. Because that's how I kind of see like different years or different seasons of one's 20s journey. Because the person you are at 21, 22, 23 is not the person you are at 27, 28, 29. Like you're yeah. chalk and cheese. Um, the coming to the quarter life crisis, something that a lot of people go through, you know, that moment where you're just like, oh my gosh, what is happening in my life? Mini panic. Um, <laughs> have you experienced the quarter life crisis? And if you have, what has, what had, or has it been? Mine has been ongoing, to be honest. Like, I don't think I've stopped experiencing the quarter life crisis. I think my entire twenties has been a quarter life crisis. Um, How old are you now, um, by the way? I'm literally only 24. So I'm mid twenties. And okay. I feel like all of it has just been existential dilemmas. <laughs> um, I, I I think a lot, like I have an ADHD overactive brain. So I do think a lot. I get very anxious. And like, I also get quite depressed. But as in, I just, I have an existential crisis like once a week. Like, what am I doing with my life? Where is this going to go? What's it going to lead to? Do I still want children? Is having children an ethical thing to do? Do I want to live here? Should I move? What's going on? Should I buy a house? Should I get a card? Should I get assets? I should have assets by now. How do I have nothing in my name? Should I get a phone contract? I think I should get a Woolworths card. Maybe just a little bit of credit. Should I get another credit card? Should I take out a loan just to build a credit rating? Like, I just, there's so much to think about all the time. Like, constantly. I'm just like... Am I a failure? No, I'm not a failure. I'm successful. Am I though? Like, it's really just like, should I get another degree to validate my existence? What's going on? Like, I just, I'm constantly inundated with an influx of thoughts about my life. And I'm also just like, I could die tomorrow. Now what? Like, that's where it always ends. And like, what if I died tomorrow? So I think it's been a constant, constant back and forth mentally. Um, and I have no answers. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> you literally just took us on the most amazing journey, which is literally the spiral of the quarter life crisis 24 seven. Like it really just devolves so it's, rapidly. It's, and, and you know, one of the interesting things about this twenties quarter life crisis thing is the high, high and the low lows. And like yeah. for a long, for such a long time, I thought it was just me. I thought I was just going crazy by myself. Everyone else looks fine. But when you actually yeah, start they have having, it all together, everyone is together. They're, you know, having avo on toast with no bacon mm. and a smoothie, a green smoothie. Like the, everyone is good. You know, people are sticking to their diets. They're going to gym. Like they're being vegan. And you're just like, wow, I couldn't yes. remember. Yeah, it's not, it's not me. But again, when you start having these conversations, you, you have that moment of just like, I'm not alone. Everyone is going yeah. through this. And if everyone is going through this, it means that it's somewhat normal and natural. And then the next step is like, so cool, we're all dealing, we're all gonna go through it. And then on the other side, we're fine. We're oh, fine. we're all dealing what? with it. Everyone. Yeah, exactly. Damn, it's exactly. crazy. Yeah. Everybody. Um, and so Foyne, tell me, um, I know you're 24, um, but there is a lot that you've done. There's a lot that you've done in your life. There is a lot of experiences you've had. I mean, everyone, you know, has had multiple beautiful crises, if that's even a word, in their 20s. But also the journey is beautiful. And I think it's always interesting to know or understand what advice one would give to people in their 20s. And what I'm finding, which is weird enough, um, 
it's usually advice that you're just you'd give to yourself. It's kind of like your younger self advice almost. Um, but that said, like, what advice would you want to leave or give to people in their twenties? Um, and I'm not even going to like nail it down to a specific thing. Just in general, when it comes to life, what advice would you want to leave with people? Um, I think there are a few things. Mostly, just life is short, but it's also really long. Like, you have time relax things will work out like don't panic too much about like the small things seem really huge because that's all you know right now but your world will expand and things will get better things will get easier you'll find your place in it you'll everything will make sense and you'll understand so just like rest rest a little bit um and then also i think it's just to also trust your voice like you for some reason were brought into this earth but you were brought into it with a purpose. You're brought into it with your own brain, your own mind, your own vision, your understanding of things. And there's a reason why those were given unto you. So stand firm in them. Like be teachable. You're not always right. Be very teachable. Be willing to learn. Be constantly learning about new things, about people. But also trust your own inner voice. Trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. You are able to do more than you think you can. And you're able to carry more than you think you're able to. So just trust yourself. Back yourself. Bet on yourself. Because I promise you, you'll never lose by betting on yourself. And yeah, you'll just you'll get better. One of my friends has a quote and I literally live by it. And it's basically just like, I will get better because that is what I do. And just like relax, enjoy life, enjoy life. My current mission is to live as soft as I can, to treat myself, to take care of myself, to make sure that I'm enjoying the life that I'm creating. Because as important as it is to save for the future, to plan for the future and everything, 2020 has shown me that the future isn't promised. All of your plans can be taken from you in a heartbeat. Anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. So the life that you're living now, make sure that it's a life that you choose. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the In My Twenties podcast. And thank you so much to our guest who shared some incredible, incredible insights. While you're here, don't forget to like, share, subscribe and comment below. And also leave a rating of how you found today's episode. The In My Twenties podcast is a production of Teensway Media.